welcome back to Red Receipt, a podcast by Antidote, the email and SMS marketing agency by people who hate boring email. We do a deep dive into the how and why of brand building from blueprints to launch day, customers as community, and the detours in between. Big lessons and easy listening. Today on the podcast, joining us is Alyssa Wasco, the founder of Donnie. Donnie began as a creative outlet that Alyssa built into a full clothing and accessories line aimed at elevating the essentials. She partners exclusively with women-owned factories right here in LA and supports a new nonprofit each season. Alyssa sits down on the show and shares her story of a passion turned profession and talks about building a brand in honor of its namesake, her dad. We're super happy to have her here on the show and hope you guys enjoy. So have you, um, has the business grown since everything happened? Um, it has, yeah. It's a weird, um, it's weird because, I don't know, our PR firm and, you know, just like life, a lot of people are reaching out to us because it's evident by our sell-through, I think, on our website that we're doing very well. Um, and it just feels really weird to talk about because of what's going on in the world and all of the people who aren't having the same kind of luck and journey as we are right now. So, um, it's a weird thing, but yeah, we're doing, um, we're trucking along where, um, we keep launching things on our website. We were basically when this whole thing went down, we were about to launch our entire spring collection. And typically we launch a collection all at once. Um, but I just like, didn't really feel good for a while about like even posting a photo on our Instagram, like with product in it. I was just like, this feels weird and wrong. So we postponed our launch and I was just posting things to try and like make people laugh or make people smile or whatever the case may be. Um, and our followers started being like, yo, like you promised us to launch, like, where's this product? So we kind of decided to do um, one style at a time and just kind of surprise people with it. And I think that that shift was way more successful than I thought it would be. I think um, even going forward out of this, hopefully, um, I would do that strategy going forward because I think it allows people to have like a little bit more education on each style and kind of like decide whether or not they want to fall in love with it. Whereas when I launch like a 26 piece collection, um, you really don't get to know the pieces as well. So I think that that's been proven to be like super successful. Um, and we do, I'm able to like kind of dive in deeper on product education on each piece and like let all of our followers like ask questions on sizing. And, um, it's kind of been just a much more personal experience, I think. And I find that that's been really resonating with our followers. Um, so, but yeah, our, we've been launching things and they sell out within like a couple of hours and, yeah, it's been like crazy. And I mean, honestly, when this whole thing started too, it's like we lost almost all of our wholesale orders. So that was like a panicked time when, you know, and for many brands, I mean, it, the timing of this couldn't have been worse because it's when you're shipping your spring collection. Um, so a lot of brands have been burned by that. And I think brands that are denim brands or brands that, um, or any brands that kind of don't have this like comfortable aesthetic right now. Um, they haven't really been able to turn over the product that their wholesalers either sent back to them or orders that they canceled. So we're really lucky that um, all the orders that were canceled, we were still able to turn over that product. 
product. Um, and now, you know, we're making more as we speak and it's crazy. People are like, I've never had so many DMS of people asking when we're restocking things. And it's like death threats. And I'm like, okay, they're very sweatpants. Like <laughs> I'm glad you like them, but relax. Um, that is so crazy. It's crazy. It's a really crazy time because I think when this whole thing was kind of happening, I was preparing to say goodbye to a company that I've worked the past 10 years to build. And it's been like a slow and steady climb. Um, and I was just like, okay, this is, this might be it. And listen, I, I'm not saying that that can't still happen. I think everything right now is a day at a time, but, um, yeah, we're in a solid place at this moment. And I'm grateful for that. I guess. That's amazing that you were able to sell through the wholesale inventory online. I mean, um, that's almost a better situation for you as a business owner. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, listen, like our business and our retail partners have been a huge component of our business for 10 years. I mean, our, our direct consumer business really only started to pick up in the last like two, two and a half years, I'd say. So, you know, we allocate for our wholesale orders and we allocate a smaller percentage for our website. Um, this season, was our strongest order season for wholesale. So we were kind of able to project on top of that um, and did a larger um, production for our website. And then we got stuck with, I mean, listen, some of our retailers did keep their things and they've sold out um, and they're like, we want more. And like, that's not really something that like a lot of people are finding right now. Um, so it's, interesting that that's happening um but yeah normally our wholesale business comprises i would say about like 60 percent of our business um right now that's not the case at all i would say like this month i think our direct consumer is probably like 80 percent of our business um so it's just yeah i i like i'm so hesitant to say anything because i feel like it's so constantly changing and i'm like superstitious or gonna jinx something and like, I don't want that to happen, but um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the margin obviously on direct to consumer is fantastic and that's given us the ability to go forward, like literally survive. How did you originally come up with the idea for the brand? Like was the original launch of the brand a similar aesthetic to what you see now or no? not even close um I was in college it was 10 years ago and I had an obsession with scarves don't ask me why um I went to school in Tucson Arizona and it was 100 what school did you go to uh, U of A oh okay I had friends that went to U of A um so I was always obsessed with scarves I think I just always felt like they had this like effortless chic element that like you could really be wearing anything and it just kind of made you put that look put together. And I made, it was a, a few months after my dad had passed away and I'm, I'm a very creative person. I'm very, I've always channeled like anything negative or any struggle into like some sort of creativity. I used to paint. I used to, I mean, there were so many things that I used to do. And I think at that time, um, I was just like trying to distract myself and I made a little scarf and I sewed an angel wing charm on it. And I made one for myself and a couple of my friends and it was like a bandana style. And like we were wearing them and all of our friends wanted them. Um, and it kind of just like blew up like out of nowhere. So I was like making them by hand for a really long time. And then I couldn't keep up and like 
a friend's mom had a boutique and wanted them. And it just kind of really slowly evolved. It was never a plan. Um, but my dad's name was Donald and everyone called him Donnie. So I like kind of did it as a tribute to him. And it was definitely like kind of a grieving and coping mechanism for me at the time. Um, but we were scarves for seven and a half years. And that was like, oh my gosh, which now looking back, I kind of laugh because it's like to build an entire business on an unessential accessory is I don't really know how we did it. I think in the beginning, truly, I think a lot of people connected with the story and I think people were supporting me, but it like was really went beyond like my like circle of people. And I think, I don't know, people just like connected to like channeling something painful they've gone through. Um, and I think it just made them, I think it made them feel good through the story and it just like kind of like made them look good in a sense. And um, yeah, so we like really built like a huge business on scarves and it was like, we had every scarf you could imagine the little neck scarves to huge blanket scarves, travel wraps, um, and kind of everything in between. And then we used to style our scarves as like clothing. So we'd tie up a scarf as like a tube top or a skirt or a dress. And we used to do these tutorials on Instagram, but it takes like a very savvy and patient customer to want to execute that um so our spring 2017 collection i wanted to make a top that looked like a scarf um but that was really easy and anyone could wear it so i did that and then i wanted to find a pair of high-waisted pants because i didn't want it to be like too cropped and i couldn't find these pants so i was like i'm just gonna make these pants and then three weeks later we had a huge ready to wear collection like completely unplanned um, and then it just kind of happened from there, like the pivot and the shift. And ever since then, our clothing has been pretty much our entire business. Did you, so when you were in school, did you have an idea that you wanted to start a business in the future or was it all kind of accidental in a way? I, everything was certainly accidental. I think I always kind of had like some sort of entrepreneurial spirit. My dad um had his own law law practice my mom had her own jewelry business um and like i like used to make like source and sell handbags to my mom's friends when i was 12. like i was always doing something um so i think i but i never in my mind was like i'm going to have my own business like it was never anything like that i think i always had different jobs in the industry um i worked at chanel in new york for six years um and was always knew that I would do something. I think I was just never really sure what it was going to be. And then this just kind of happened. Um, and I was working at Chanel while I was doing this for a while. And then finally, like couldn't balance both of them and uh, left to focus on Donnie full time. But I think I always knew I was gonna do something. I mean, I when I was eight, I did like a water stand outside of my I would go to Costco with my dad and buy 40 cases of water because near my house, I'm from Denver. And there's this famous art festival that took place a couple of blocks from my house. And they used to sell bottles of water for $5. And I was like, that's insane. Like our house is on the corner where everyone parks. Like we should sell water for a dollar. So like I would go, I would make literally a killing. Like my, my mom still talks and she's like, your father and I would look at you and be like, how can we get in on this action? Like she's scoring. And like, I think I always had that, like something about that in me, but I never like was like, 
knew I was going to do that. I think like I thought I would work for a stylist or like do something, but yeah, it just kind of happened. And did you, what did you study in school? Um, retail and consumer sciences and then minored in business. So, so kind of, pretty relevant. Yeah. I knew I was going to do something in that, in that general realm. Were you, were you wanting to make the shift from wholesale to e-com focus before this or not? I definitely think it was an area where we were putting more effort into, um, and we started doing more like Instagram and Facebook marketing and things of that nature. Um, but I don't know if I'm being honest, it's like any shift that's kind of happened in our business has happened pretty organically. I'm not necessarily one for like pushing things. How, how do you, um, I, I think I'm always curious about this, but how do you, being that a lot of it's happened organic, like how have you balanced, um, the needs of running a business with the patience of like allowing things to happen as, as they do, or has it just, I, I don't know. It's hard. because <laughs> it's Like there's an element of it. That's obviously like you want instant gratification. Also when you're, when you work in fashion and you design seven months in advance, you kind of have to get used to that calendar. Um, it's like when I'm did like right now I'm designing spring 2021 and it's like, I want all that stuff right now. I'm like, like immediately. And obviously I can't. So it's like, you kind of have to train yourself. I think there are certain initiatives where I know they're going to take time. And then there's other things like this past month where it's like, it just happens. And I just like try my best to like go with the flow. Um, and just like ride the waves because sometimes I drive myself crazy, like being like, when, when is this going to pay off? Like what, like we did this so long ago, like, I don't understand. And then like something just happens. And it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, man plan got man plans, God laughs. And it's like, you just kind of have to like throw up your hands and be like, okay, we'll just wait for it. And did you, uh, so do you do like all of the design for the brand? Yeah. How did, was that just like trial and error when you wanted to start making clothes? Yeah, I think um, I had built really strong relationships with um, our pattern makers and our factories and our sewers. And I had a very clear image of what I wanted. And I think I was lucky that I was able to articulate that super clearly because I don't have technical design training. Um, and in the beginning, I think it was just learning how to clearly communicate that in a way that it came out how I envisioned it. And it was definitely a lot of trial and error, but, um, kind of figured it out. And I mean, I do, I do like very lightly sketch, like definitely not. Um, it, that's more like for me and my inspiration, I wouldn't say that's necessarily, um, a useful tool for our teams to, uh, roll something out. But yeah, I think it's just been figuring out our right partners and how to communicate, you know, my ideas to them, but it's, it's worked so far. And with everything going on, like uh, knowing that you're working on spring, was it spring 2021? Hmm. How are you like viewing the evolving trends of things or like how, how do you even plan? I, so I used to work in footwear. I worked for vans and I worked before that for reef. And, um, we were, I think like at minimum a year and a half out when we would work on projects. So I'm just curious 
knowing that you're, um, I mean, you're ultimately driving where the product goes and with such a massive world changing event going on, like how does that affect what you're doing for next year or has it? I think it hasn't changed it, but I think it's reinforced and solidified like what I now know to be true as like pillars of our brand. I think that I've always been someone who is loves and appreciates fashion and truly believes that when you look good, you feel good. And I think that that is like a very, very real thing that the confidence that you have based on what you put on allows you to handle things differently. Um, and I think that, but that being said, I think being comfortable is like, who wants to be uncomfortable? Like, I literally don't understand. Like, okay, if you're going to a wedding, fine. But like, otherwise it's like, wear what you feel good in. And that like means, can mean so many different things. Um, but I think what I have wanted our brand to be is something that is always comfortable, but that you can wear wherever. Like you can wear it on a first date, you can wear it to the grocery store, you can wear it to your workout class and you can wear it at home. And like wherever the F else you want to wear it in between. And I think there have been moments sometimes where I'm when a buyer at a store like wants us to kind of do something new or different that doesn't necessarily fall into that category. And it's like, I'm like, oh, he's down to try. And like, I never want to say no. And, you know, even if it doesn't kind of fall within that pillar. And I think that this collection right now has hit so hard right now because it is exactly that. It, every single piece is comfortable, but it has like an elevated detail that like allows you to like wear it wherever you want to. And I think, you know, it's making people feel like so comfortable at home, but also makes them feel really good. And like, they're not just like wearing sweats that they've had for 20 years. And I think that, knowing that that has resonated so hard right now has made me has made me tell myself that like that is what I need to follow through with in every season going forward and like that is who we are and like I don't need to try other things that people are wanting us to and to stay true to us would be to continue on with that um in mind it's funny because <clears throat> me not knowing the origin of the brand like when I look at the the brand now it's like that's your identity yeah. to me. So like knowing that you have like found the way there through other product categories and like over time is pretty interesting. Um, how have you ever, have you ever brought in outside investment or capital no. to grow the business? Nope. Um, it was self-funded from the beginning. And well, in the beginning, my mom um, helped, kind of like let me get all the fabrics and supplies in the beginning but when I was in college I used to have like scarf parties and I'd make a fortune um and I just like kept putting the money back in the business and recycling it and like it just grew and it got us I mean listen like this has been 10 years it's not I'm sure if I knew x y and z person and I raised money like we would have been in a very different place much sooner and I recognize that but I think that our journey to get here there was like a very um, clear reason for it. And I, maybe that's like what I tell myself to like feel good about our journey. And maybe it's true. I don't know the difference at this point, but um, 
I think that we are, we have, it's taken 10 years of me learning, growing, grieving, moving past things, going through different stages of my life to like now land here where like, I actually feel like this is like who we are as a brand and it's how we're going to go forward as a brand. Yeah. I mean, to me, it seems like, I don't think it's a bad thing that you, I think it's great that you didn't raise money because ultimately like you control what you're doing and yeah. what, where your interests are and the product that you guys make. And to me, from the outside, like the events that have occurred almost are like another benefit to you where it's like, it's granted you another level of control over things. And also like, I think one thing I've noticed too, is just like the amount of time it takes to get feedback when you're selling through wholesale. Yeah which obviously you're not really dealing with that anymore and you get to talk directly with your customers. Has that changed the way that you, that you're working? Yes, to an extent. I think Instagram for us is huge. I mean, we get feedback and you know, whether it's comments, whether it's DMS, whatever the case may be, it's like, I listen to every single, I read every message even if it takes me a little bit longer, I respond to every single message. Um, and I listen to everything that people say, like literally everything. Like that doesn't mean we listen to everything that people say, but like I hear it and that's how we change. And that's how we make our product better. And it's like, that's how we're giving them what they want. And, you know, I think on a wholesale level, of course, with the department stores, it's different because the feedback does take a really long time. But like even now, like some of our smaller accounts that we've had for years that I've like created relationships with, whether it's from seeing them when I used to go to trade shows or from just like emailing them or DMing them on Instagram, like I'm going back and forth with them and like giving like saying like, I don't know if this is your, like I follow them on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work for your customer. Like think they would love this. Like this is what the fit is like. And I think that's kind of what also makes us different is like the whole thing is just like very personal. And it's like, I love like helping buyers pick an assortment and like, not that that happens all that often because like we have an amazing showroom that like does all the market appointments and handles that. But like, even in the past month, like I've had the opportunity to kind of like jump in and talk with our buyers that like, I haven't talked to in a while and like been able to like advise and like talk about sizing and all of that. And like, it's been like, I've loved that. Cause like I used to like do that all the time and haven't done that in a while, but yeah, I mean, feedback is everything. Like we're making another round of production and like we got feedback that the waist on one of our pants was like a little tight. So like now this next round of production, like we've adjusted that and like that all happened within like four weeks. So it's crazy that you yeah. changed something that quick. Yeah. Like from the outside, I wouldn't expect. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's also the beauty of producing locally. Um, and you know, actually responding to your customers concerns and feelings and comments and all that. Your factories obviously are still open and operating. Yeah, there are a few that aren't. There are a few that are. There are a few that are only doing masks. There's a lot of regulations and things going on right now. So we're navigating that as best we can. But also, you know, something that's super important to me is, you know, our factories we've worked with for years. They're like my family. Like I 
care about them like I couldn't express and like this is a responsibility that I don't take lightly you know it's like I recognize that my business is responsible for a lot of people putting food on the table for their families and you know I want to continue supporting and moving our supply chain as best that we can right now so you know I think we're trying to navigate this our demand and supporting people with kind of like the world and like we're not producing things as quickly as we normally would but like we're doing the best that we can given the circumstances and do you think uh do you think this event will change the way that you view selling into wholesale or the way that you structure the team that and teams that you work with even inside and outside of the business yes i think it's really given me an idea of what real partnership is and i think there are some accounts that don't know what partnership is and i think that um you know there was a time when listen business is business and sometimes you're not in a place to be able to pick and choose who you work with and an order is an order and you have to take that and i think that i'm not saying i'm not in that position anymore by any means but i think that this situation um, kind of shed light into certain companies that operated in a way that only benefited them, which I understand as well. Business is business and you have to do what's good for you. But I think that there's a way to do that and navigate that being fair to your, to your business and also being fair to other people's businesses. Um, and I think that I will definitely like be a little bit more cognizant of who we work with in the future, because I only want to work with people who value our partnership and vice versa. Um, so I think like, I'll definitely think a little bit more about that. But as of now, I think that like, there's no reason to say like, we're not doing wholesale anymore. We're only going to focus. Like, I think a business is really, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. There could be a time when we're way more reliant on our wholesale business. So I think it's important to keep you know, a well-rounded assortment of revenue, but I think just being um, cognizant of who you work with and who you want to work with as best as you can. How do you, um, what's, what are, what's like a typical day like for you? Where do you spend most of your time or, or like, to, like now given what's happening? Yeah. In general. And then I guess now, um, well, we moved offices two weeks before this happened. <laughs> Um, so we're kind of getting settled in like a new space that's much bigger and way more exciting that we haven't been able to get settled in yet. Um, that is so sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's like a really amazing space and we were so excited and I like, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to go back there and like, I mean, we were working with an amazing interior designer and organizer and like getting it to be like this really special place and it stopped very abruptly. Um, so normally I'm, at, I'm at the office, I'm in and out of our factories, fabric mills, um, meetings, typically right now I'm home. I wake up, I'm an early bird, so wake up around like six. I take my dog for like an hour long walk, um, come home and it's hard. It's hard when your computer, like when you're home and like it's here all the time, I kind of have a problem with balance in general and like shutting off. So um, I've been trying to like have more boundaries <laughs> with, with to stop working while I'm home. But I don't know, to be honest, I have, I usually design from home because I think like it's like my space and it's aesthetically 
how I am charged. So um, I usually do most of my design work from home anyway, but in our new office, I have like a design studio space that I'm like so excited about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, I'm downtown usually five days a week. Um, and, and you said right now there's only two of you working on the brand. How do yeah. you split up the responsibilities of everything that has to get done? To me, from the outside looking in, it's like, seems like there'd be a lot to do for so two fair. people. Fair. And I'm curious, like, how do you guys get everything done if there are only two people? It's been a challenge. Um, Malika has worked with me for nine years. She's like my partner, my everything. Like I would not want to do this or be able to function without her. So we, fortunately, we work really, really well together um, and have just really been trying to like navigate and figure out like how to divvy things up. I think we're just really good at communicating with each other. One day, one of us has 10 more pressing things to do than the other. So like we kind of like shift and like reallocate um but yeah it's like i'm doing customer service emails and like which i've never done for one day in 10 years ever <laughs> and i've actually really it's so stressful because like especially as like the, the it's my brand so it's like i want to make everyone so happy and like to a fault i think um, so it really gives me anxiety what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean when you like say if like something happened, like someone got their package a day late, I'm like giving them a discount code. And it's like, we have no control over the mail. Like, I don't really need to give someone a discount code because their package arrived a day late. But it's like, I just want them to walk away with like a great experience from us. Um, so it's, you know what, I've actually really enjoyed it because I'm doing a lot of things that I haven't had to do in like five, six years, like using our inventory system and like making invoices and like kind of all that stuff that's like not necessarily in my strength or wheelhouse that like I enjoy or I'm good at, but I think it's been really good for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we should really have seven employees right now and we have been, there's two of us. So. Are you, are you planning to continue the, the search for new team members as as things unfold or are you kind of like in waiting mode? Uh, we're interviewing right now i think it's hard when you have a small team like it's really hard for me to wrap my head around hiring someone i haven't met in person um and also bringing someone on who's going to start working in a remote capacity so I'm kind of continuing the interview process as we speak and anyone who I feel like could potentially be a fit, I'm hoping um, once this kind of gets to a place where we can go back into the office on a regular basis um, or I can meet them in person, then maybe that's when like we'll pull the trigger. But for right now, just kind of interviewing, seeing who could potentially be a good fit and then um, hopefully like continuing that once we're out of this period. <laughs> yeah. That's such a weird thought that you can't even meet people yeah. in person. On the yeah. other hand though, like, have you ever, have you ever considered or, um, like I've, I've always thought about hiring and I think it's interesting that you do go from like meeting somebody you've never worked with before to then offering them a position to work with you every day yeah like that's a pretty big jump in general even if you <laughs> meet them in person have you ever thought about like testing some type of um 
like smaller trial period or or anything Honestly, like that? Good idea. I mean, listen, if I'm being really honest, like I struggle in this department so much. I think hiring is really hard. Like yeah, it's impossible to know if someone is the right fit or not until you've worked with them for like at least six months. Like you don't know people. It's kind of like dating someone. I mean, in the beginning, it's like, it's the honeymoon phase and everything's great and you're working really hard and like, everything's amazing. But then it's like, your true colors are showing. <laughs> it's like, okay, can I deal with this? Can I not deal with this? Is this working? Is that working? I don't know. Um, so I think in general, hiring is really hard. It also is the most important component of a, of a successful business. Yeah, I've always thought about it. And I've tried a few different things. Like uh, one of uh, one of the last times that I went through the hiring process, I, um, I, I ended up reaching out to an old project manager that worked with, with us. And I knew that she had a certain personality type that aligned with the job position that we were hiring for. So I decided like, you know what, I don't have the personality type that this person needs to have. And I yeah. know that my personal tendency and probably everybody's tendency is to hire people that are similar to yourself, yeah. not on purpose, but you just get along with people that are more yeah. similar to you. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to have her do all of the interviewing so that she selects the person that's most similar to her. And then at that point, I can do like more of a test or like trial period of time working with the person to make sure that that's the right case before I move forward, because it is so random to a certain extent. Like you don't know what you're getting into until you're already all the way in. Yeah, I mean, when I interview people, I'm like very scary, not in the sense that I'm like mean and like firm and like ask hard questions. I'm scary because it's like, I do not make the job seem like fun or exciting or anything. I'm like, we work really hard. This is what you're in for. Like, I just don't feel like there's any, any need to like make something seem more appealing than it is and vice versa. And I'm like, please be brutally honest with me because like, if you're not that we're both going to be unhappy very quickly. And it's like, no, we're doing each other a disservice by not being completely transparent and honest. Like, are you good at, are you actually good at this? And do you actually like doing this? Because it's 90% of what you'll be doing. So if not, like, let's just stop wasting either of our times, you know? And it's like, sometimes girls look at me and they're like, uh, wow, like, okay. And like, sometimes they're like so scared. And sometimes they're like, wow, this is awesome. Like, yeah, my last job, like I had to do this. And like, I hated it. And I'm like, cool, you don't have to do this in this job. Like, let's keep going. Or like, mm, that's kind of a lot of this, like, this isn't going to work. And it's like, who wants to waste each other's time? Like, it's like, no one's going to be happy at the end of the day. So it's like, I try to be as uh, transparent as possible in interviews, but I don't even know what, I don't know what works. I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever but it's hard it's hard to find it's also really hard i find i worked in new york fashion for six years so coming to la finding talent is really i find very challenging um, why what brought you to la originally um the business so i was um i after i left chanel i was living in new york for three more years um, and I was running a small office there that was our wholesale office with a couple of girls. And then Malika, who I mentioned, was um, running an office here. 
with a couple of girls. Um, and our production was all here. So I was flying back and forth like two times a month and it just was like, it aged me like 90 years, I swear. Um, and it just like wasn't sustainable. So I moved and closed the office there and we got a bigger office here and just kind of had everything under one roof. Um, but yeah, I find that just generally finding talent here is challenging and the work ethic here is very different than New York. And in some ways that helps me chill out because I know I have a tendency to be a little intense, um, about work stuff. So I think it balances me nicely, but it's also really hard to find the right people. And when the first question someone in an interview asks are, how many vacation days do I have? And like, I like to surf in the morning. What time do I have to come in? It's like, bye. <laughs> no. um, how, how have you, knowing that you have been running the business for 10 years, do you focus or put any, I mean, this is somewhat of a weird question, but how do you, um, how do you think about like personal development and managing yourself um that is a constant work in progress i have really i mean really struggled in that department i think that's something that's been really interesting and eye-opening for me during this time to be honest is that i like literally don't take care i have not been taking care of myself for like a really long time i haven't been doing things that like i like for me because i'm so obsessed with my business and I think that I've learned that like if I'm not taking care of myself I'm also not taking care of my business and you know it sounds silly but like taking my dog for an hour-long walk every morning has been like a life-changing thing that I realized like wow like I'm never not going to do this now like that's something that's important to me or going for a run four days a week or cooking this like I've been cooking and I've been like doing like watercoloring and doing all of this stuff that like I never make time for that like is making me feel like whole and good and like I'm like wow like how have I not been doing this like that's kind of crazy and it's sad that it's taken something like this for me to realize that um but it's been like a very um welcomed component to the past month and a half I would say um, but yeah, balance for me and, and my personal growth is a constant um, work in progress. And I think something that I know, I mean, listen, like I don't, being a leader and managing people is not for everyone and it's not my strength. And it's something that I know I have to do right now. So I work really, really hard at it. Um, and I read books and I listen to podcasts and I've spoken with coaches and it's something that I always want to be better at but like I'm very now okay with admitting that I'm not necessarily good at it and it's not doesn't come naturally to me what what advice would you um or what would have been nice to know going into launching the business now that you've gone through running the the brand for 10 years and obviously through various scenarios that have challenged? I really think just staying true to myself. I think in the beginning and even up until recently, 
I listen to a lot of other people and like that can be anything from like our showroom saying we need more patterns and prints and that's what people want right now and in my head saying we're not really a print or pattern kind of brand but like okay sales are sales like let me see what I can come up with or you know a store asking for exclusives in a color palette that I know is not going to sell or like something and just kind of like not speaking up and just kind of you know, an order's an order and like, who am I to tell you a buyer for this department store, what's going to sell well. Um, and it's like, and it crashed and burned. And I was like, yeah, of course it did. Like whatever. And I think that I have, it's taken me a really long time to learn that I, my opinion and what I think of this brand like matters and that I'm allowed to like speak that truth and that it will benefit not only my business, but other businesses if I do. So I think just like having more confidence to stay true to myself and the brand um, and just like kind of like not listen to everyone else is probably the biggest thing that I would say. And also just, uh, I mean, listen, you need a thick skin. It's not the easiest thing to slave over a collection and create something and like put it out there for people to judge it's like it's like it's it's hard it's like not everyone's going to like what you make and I think there was a period of time where I was like oh my god like I need to make something that I, I, everyone would like like I don't want anyone to go on our website and like them not to be able to find one piece and it's like now I've kind of realized that like it's okay that not this isn't for everyone and like I do try and make something that you know my little cousin will wear and my I mean listen like my grandma's rocking our Terry track suits like in her like old people's home <laughs> and like literally she's like a fashion plate there and like I love that and like I we really do have something for everyone but like in a sense of you know, if the brand and who we are like aligns with you and like, if not, like it's okay. And like, I can sleep at night now knowing that. And like, I, I, that took me a long time to get to that place also, I think. It's funny because I also think like the fact that the product is designed so specifically makes it that after it comes out, it can be applied to many different people Yeah, and they all love it equally like I think if you go from the standpoint of trying to create something for all these different people I think it doesn't work but if That's like mistake. yeah you're right like me looking at your website I love the product I love but I love it because I love the overall like world of it and yeah. that it all speaks the same language I don't think if I saw the brand and it looked like you were trying to cater to all these different types of people that yeah. it would come across in the same way. No, I agree. And I think it's taken me like probably nine years to like agree and understand what you're saying. And like, that it's true. It's true. How do you think you're going to um, like encourage yourself to remember that going forward? Do you, or do you think that the, the fact that now you have the sales directly that that has instilled the the level of confidence that you're talking about i think this has been kind of a groundbreaking um experience for just like solidifying like our brand and who we are and i think like 
the fact that I feel so I felt so strongly about this collection before we launched it. Um, and I think just seeing how well it's resonating and forget resonating, just selling. It's like, that's kind of all the validation that I need at this point. And I think that like every day now I look and it's like, as I'm designing this next collection, every piece I kind of go back and look at and I'm like, does it, is that comfortable? Is that like, is there an elevated detail where you can wear this to X, Y, and Z places? And it's like, if every piece that I design and go forward with has like all of those checks that I have, and I think that like, I won't design a piece that I don't compare to this checklist going forward. And if it like doesn't fall in that, then like, I'm not doing it. And that kind of goes back to like, what I was just saying about, you know, being able to like stay true to that because like you do get pulled in so many different directions and there's something that's really trendy happening and like you want to be a part of it. And, um, and I think just like that checklist is like going to hold me accountable or designs accountable and just like keep our brand. Like, I think we've become like who we are in this, to be honest. And like, I think we always had it, but I think that like, I didn't have, um, that almost like verification and like now I have it and it's like now I think I know how to like go forward from here almost yeah I feel like you guys um oddly like found or identified like the core of the brand to build yeah. from now and this like created such a great foundation for you coming out of it yeah um I hope so. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk and coming on the podcast. Forever sweet. Forever sweet. Forever sweet.